waiting. It's summertime and the world is on fire. Quite literally. Yeah, quite literally. It's very, the ocean is on fire, in fact. We're so fucked. <laughs> but like two white boys in America should, we are ignoring the problems of the world and indulging in a little bit of content consumption. You like movies? You like video games? Well, we give you some recommendations for the summer. So you can ignore the fires right outside your windows, plug in with some headphones, and uh, just indulge in the sounds of cinema. Or our voices first. So, you know, listen to the podcast and then do that. Good plug, good plug. So, Chris, as is our never-ending quest to catch up on the numerous amount of video games that we both still would like to play, I finally knocked one off my list this week, and I finally beat Metro Exodus. Most Hell of yeah. that being, uh, I don't think my other my old computer would have run it well, so I was waiting, but I finally got around to it. And so that got me thinking, too, that it's an also a great opportunity to one. I can talk about that for a little bit. But also, I don't think we've mentioned yet that we're right in the middle of the Steam Summer Sale. And we can plug any gaming recommendations that we might actually have of games that we have played. <laughs> yeah, it's nice that I, I think I, I've described here on the podcast before that a lot of times in stages of my life, I go through waves of enjoying different kinds of media at once where like I'll watch a bunch of movies for a while or I'll watch a bunch of anime for a while or I'll play a bunch of games for a while and it felt like it had been a long time since that ticker had swung back towards video games but I think I'm there I I've been playing more video games and it's nice yeah I'm strangely enough like in a weird uh what is what is what are the overarching circle things? Is that a Venn diagram? Is that what that thing's called? Yeah. Yeah, so I have three circles and I'm in the middle of all of them. So it's I this doesn't happen much where I'm like, How I'm do playing. you survive? I don't know. I'm I'm actually have like sp- spending my time almost equally between playing games, watching anime, and then watching other media, whether it be T V and or movies. I, I it's I don't know how it's happening right now, but it is. And so I can't <laughs> wait for everything to just get fucked up here in a couple weeks. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, finally beat Metro Exodus. I'm a big fan of the Metro series. I, you haven't played any of them, have you? No, I have not. And I, I've learned recently that I have had an incorrect assumption about how those games are set up. Because oh. I I have assumed the entire time that they were essentially... uh. Bethesda Fallout clones just set in a different kind of environment, but I have heard since then that they're actually more linear than that. Is that right? Yeah. I almost kind of look at it of a, 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 a more Fallout art style, but with like a gameplay like upgrade, really decent upgrade system to diff- all the different types of guns, but kind of like a linear Bioshock nature. Where, like, there's some creepy shit going on. You're trying to figure out everything. Uh, but it is it is very linear. The first two games are very linear. This third one, uh, Exodus, is a little more open-worldy, but kind of like, okay, here's an environmental set piece. Go do a bunch of shit in this area, and then you'll move on to another different 
bi- weather biome set piece. Do some stuff. Yeah, in and that see area. that I really like. And and as much as the idea of a really engrossing RPG is romantic, uh, as a full time working man, I I just don't have the time or patience for something that deep. So the games being more linear. Uh, is actually significantly more appealing. It makes me want to play them more. Oh, and then the way yeah. you're uh, the way you're describing Exodus sounds similar to like a Hitman game, which I very much enjoy. Kinda. I also put it. I'd put it a little bit more in the God of War e, where like here's this big section. There's some main objectives for you to do. You can just do the main ones and move on if you want, or you can explore a little bit more, find some more upgrade stuff, uh, and be able to when you get to the climax of that chapter you, you'll probably have more materials and you're more prepared that kind of it's kind of that in exodus but um yeah i i don't know i i i was trying to think of okay well, where do i what are my overall thoughts of exodus like how if i had to rate it where would i rate it amongst them and i don't even i actually don't know yet i'm still thinking about that just because it was definitely it's definitely different from the first two where the first two is like, do this little mission. Like, you're always, like, on a, quote, mission. Or, it's like a chapter, however you want to describe that. Uh, but in the first two, like, those chapters are really fucking short. <laughs> like, I swear to God, like, some of them are, like, ten minutes. And you're like, oh, here's Artyom giving me narrative background, which means I got done with that level. And you kind of can fly through it. This one was kind of cool to just get a chance to take stuff in. But... The ending was kind of meh. I wasn't crazy about the ending, but the, uh, all the endings for the games have been odd. Um, one thing that's interesting is, as it being three games like that are all after one another, they continue the story. Yeah, uh, there are there is the option to have different endings, but it's one of those franchises where it's not like Mass Effect, where what you do in one carries forward. No matter what, it's like this was what the ending was, and this is the wor- the world continued in this ending. So, mm, okay, I, I find that to be kind of interesting. But um, and you were playing that on Game Pass, right? Yes, I've played what, well, uh, uh, twenty last light and twenty thirty three. I think is the first two are on Game Pass. Exodus I bought on Steam. Oh, okay. Well, so that's a decent transition that, uh, like you said, the summer sale is going on right now. Yes. Uh, do you know how much Exodus is on sale for at the moment? Uh, I don't. I want to say it might be like 15 bucks. Oh, that is not bad. That, it sounds like yeah. it'd be a good deal for 15 Uh, No, the enhanced version is $12. Oh, wow. So, yeah, even better. Yeah, it's it's on hella sale, and I it's yeah, I think it's a deep worth cut it. Marked out from $40. Yeah. I might actually buy because there's two pieces of DLC for it that I might uh pick up because they're both really cheap right now. Okay, yeah, that might be something for me to look into. I I've been kicking around the idea of picking up uh <clears throat> Subnautica Below Zero, hmm. uh because I I played like four hours of the original Subnautica and then just kind of stopped as I tend to do with things, and because of the kind of game Subnautica is. It feels like too much of a slog for me to want to restart that, so I might just pick up the sequel and start fresh that way. Uh, but I found a different game called Breath Edge that seemed like Subnautica in space instead of underwater. 
Uh, and that seemed like my shit, but then the style and the tongue-in-cheek tone they were trying to go for was not doing it for me so hard that I refunded the game. Oh. So I've just got $18 sitting in my Steam wallet at the moment. Yeah, do it. Do it, dude. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess it would be get Game Pass and then and then get Exodus. I guess you could jump into Exodus not having played the first two because, like... There's really not a whole lot that you'd be like, what the fuck? I don't know this. I need to go mm. play them. Because each game's kind of its own thing. One and two kind of are... Like, two, it would, you should probably play the first one. But this one was... The third one, it was kind of like, oh. Uh, okay, yeah. You you might know who some of these characters are initially, but it doesn't uh, affect your overall takeaway from the game, I don't think. Okay, yeah, that that's good to know, because I, I probably would just jump into Exodus if I was going to do anything. Uh, as far as games that I've been playing, uh, I did pick up... Um, you know, I, I said before when we were talking about... Uh, we did our video game 3x3, and we both had God of War in there, right? Or at yeah. least you did? I did. Um, and I mentioned that uh, at the time God of War came out when I was in college, that was kind of a game that started a wave of me playing video games again because that game was so fucking good um and so a game we're playing recently has kind of been that for a new age and that's snapper ghost warrior contracts yes i've seen you and is i think someone else in our discord playing that oh maybe i'm not sure if anyone else got it in the discord I thought uh, have i told you about this game at all uh no, uh yes you would tell me a little bit about it a week or two ago Okay, so yeah, it's it's basically like the idea is Hitman esque, uh, but more like classic Hitman's, not Absolution. Um, so like anything Blood Money previous or any of the new Hitman trilogy, it's very much like that where you're in a self-contained open world mission, uh, and you have like five main objectives you got to get done. But instead of being sneaky Agent Forty Seven assassin, you're a sniper. Um, but it's also got, like, Splinter Cell-esque stealth if you want to go that route. But the the primary way of playing is, like, 500 meters away with a sniper rifle taking out your objectives. And it's semi-realistic, where it shows you how the wind is going to affect your bullet, and the bullet drops after so long. You know, I'm not going to say it's realistic sniping, because it's a video game, but it has elements of it. <laughs> and it's been super fun. And... The missions being self-contained as they are, and just being able to play at my own pace, it's really good to just be able to pick up, do a little bit in this mission, and put down for a while, which works really well for my kind of work schedule. And the first game, uh, which the, these are spinoffs of the Sniper Ghost Warrior series, which on Steam apparently have mixed reviews, but the contract spinoff have both been reviewed really well. The first game is marked down like $8 right now, I think. The second one just came out, and it's still 40 so it's not on sale. But if you're interested, big recommend. Okay. I uh, I just started today. I started the very beginning of Control. Oh, okay, hell yeah. I, I don't think I really knew anything about its play style or what it was, and I'm getting... It's, it's harkening back to some... Uh, uh, oh, no... Alan or Alan, it's got some Alan Wake vibes. Not yeah, when you uh, how it plays, but you know it's in the same universe, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's oh. in the Alan Wake universe. Oh fuck. Uh if you like find some of the like artifacts around in the facility, there are references to Alan Wake in there. Oh fuck. I didn't know. And I know this. that Alan Wake is your shit. I love yes, I love Alan Wake. Oh boy, now I'm excited. Because <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the same dev and it's the same universe. The the weird thing from what I've noticed of like the first three encounters is it unless I just suck and have not uh, gotten more abilities or whatever it is yet, but it is almost kind of like a very like Hotline Miami vibe of yeah, you're gonna probably die in some encounters because you just didn't know <laughs> how to do it, and then you, once you've done it, like once you come back and you're fine. Now, granted, that's not Hotline Miami because that can be like you know forever to figure that shit out. Yeah, it's not as frenetic as Hotline Miami, but I get what you're saying. I definitely had a few boss fights in control that were like that. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna get into it. I love the art style. That makes so much sense now that you say that that it's from the same dev. Because like, oh, this is this is some Alan Wake shit. And oh yeah, (laughs) no shit. Yeah, that's awesome that you're able to pick up on that without knowing that though. Oh yeah, I, I just and kind of how the. Somehow the the people's faces looked. I was like, I've seen characters that look like this before. <laughs> For and then sure. The nature of the initial thing of them like talking to whatever is inside of you, I I'm like, okay, I, you're you're it's acting like you're talking to me, the player, but I don't think that's what's supposed to be happening. But I'll find out. Hmm. Yeah, I love that I can pick out based on the way faces are sculpted whether, like, a game is made by Bethesda or Arcane, especially, that yeah. they just have that kind of style. They're very unique styles. Yeah. Uh, something that I hope to be able to get to tomorrow. I'm trying to knock out a bunch of stuff today, so I've got nothing to do tomorrow. Uh, the Doki Doki Literature Club Plus just came out a few days ago, and I picked that up, and I, I really want to dig into that because I... I'm a big fan of Doki Doki Literature Club. I I I'm I'm pretty certain you're not. I thought it was fine. <laughs> okay, did you play it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I doesn't this add a a new character? Uh, I haven't heard that. The only thing I know is that it adds some side stories that I I think is supposed to show like how the main characters all became friends. So it just makes the game longer. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure because of the way DDLC is, there's a uh, there's some other more sinister stuff. There's going some on. shit going on. Yeah. Uh, I picked up Phantom Abyss as well, which is an early access title, which I don't normally like to do. Uh, that was shown off at E3, which is a simply first person temple run, uh, and huh. it's it's kind of a roguelike in that way. Uh, it's like. So, like, you take Temple Run, which was, like, one of the pillars of mobile gaming when it was in its infancy. Uh, or, like, Toddlerhood? I don't know. Temple Run kind of came later. Um, put that in first person and then have it play kind of like Mirror's Edge. And that's Phantom Abyss. Interesting. Been having a lot of fun. I, I don't actually know how much content is there yet because I haven't gotten very far. But I think I'm going to get a decent money's worth for that. Well, I, I I'm seeing something that shows not great signs. Um, but Outriders is thirty five percent off already, and that game came out like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of hype for Outriders in my Destiny Discord that died off pretty quickly after the game came out. But also, 
I don't know that that game was supposed to have a lot of longevity because it, it didn't have, like, it's got no PvP for one thing. I think the entire game is PvE, which is not great for a game's longevity. But, you know, if they're not going for that, then it's not a problem. Because, I mean, Borderlands has been able to kind of pull that off, but they're really the only one of the looter-shooter genre that doesn't have PvP that has still stays relevant. I don't know how relevant Borderlands 3 was, but Borderlands 2 was around for a long time, given what kind of game it was. Yeah, well, they had pretty consistent DLC releases, too, and sizable yeah. ones at that. Yeah, and they, they added, like, raid bosses, basically. So, there was something for you to build towards. Yeah. I don't know shit about Outriders, though. I tried the demo, and I wasn't entirely sold. I just watched everybody play it when they were being paid to play it, and <laughs> most people were like, yeah, this is kind of cool, but no one was like, dude, dude, I love it. So, that's usually not great. Yeah. Uh, I've just got two other games that I want to shout out before we move on. Okay. Uh, I imagine you'll probably have something else you want to talk about, too. Maybe. Um, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of roguelikes. It's probably my favorite genre right now. Uh, as you could probably guess from the kinds of games I've been describing so far, I like games that I can get in, get a run done, and put it down if I need to. So I recently got Slay the Spire on my phone. Uh, and I had been avoiding it for a while because I knew it was card-based. Uh, and and I, I associate that kind of thing a lot with PvP, or especially Hearthstone is my go-to. Mm. Uh, and if I'm doing something on my phone, chances are I'm doing it at work when I like need to be able to just put my phone down. And that's not good if I'm in a PvP situation. And then I found out that it wasn't PvP, and it was entirely PvE roguelike. So I got it for 10 bucks, and I'm fucking loving it. Play the Spire is great. Uh, and then also, uh, a game that I've been playing on and off for a long time that recently got some pretty big updates. Also, an early access game is Hard Space Shipbreaker. Mm. which I want to say I've talked about before, but it would have been a while ago. So, like, essentially, it's a first-person space game where you are, like, a dock worker in space, and your job is to dismantle and process ships piece by piece. So in the same way of, like, a game like Viscera Cleanup Detail, it's a very kind of zen game where you're just... uh, you have a plasma cutter and like a gravity gun and you're just going inside of this ship that may or may not be pressurized that may or may not have uh, a, a radiation core or like some thrusters you've got to dismantle and you're cutting the joints you're ripping off the panels of the ship and then you're shoving it over to the processor as is real satisfying to be able to take a ship apart piece by piece like that and uh, for as early access as it seems it's a very polished game, and uh, I I could see on a final release it could crack my top twenty. Huh? I mean, I know you I you played the hell out of that when it first released, uh, and you've had nothing but great things to say about it, so that does not surprise me. Yeah. So, anything else you wanted to talk about then? Uh, yeah. You know if. If you're like, ah, oh, I just, I don't know what to, I got some money, I would like, you know, Steam sale, don't, just don't buy anything and just get Game Pass, okay? So, <laughs> there's my final plug, because, get Game Pass. Until more of our friends get Game Pass, I will keep talking about it. Uh, mostly because, like, Control is on Game Pass, that I've been playing that on. 
you know, as mentioned, the the first two Metro games are there. Master Chief Collection keeps putting out cosmetic updates if you're into that shit. So been playing some of that. You know, Game Pass. Woop woop. I bet if I had told you that Control was in the Alan Wake universe, you would have gotten it anyway. But without yes. that, you probably wouldn't have played Control if it wasn't on Game Pass, right? Correct. If I had known, if I'd actually known that was an Alan Wake universe game, I probably would have bought it way back when it first came out. But I don't, I I don't know how I missed that. But <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. Uh, well, hey, look at that. You were patient. You saved some money. But yeah, well, that's where it is now with most games. Is I just wait because I'm like, could that be on Game Pass? Probably. I'll just wait. Fuck it. I'll just keep playing Apex. Yeah, and as Microsoft makes its triumphant return to the mainstream conversation in gaming, Game Pass is only going to get better. Oh, yes. Ah, Limbo's on Game Pass now. Sweet. Bro, hell yeah. Limbo, that's a Summer of Arcade classic. You remember when they did that shit? The Xbox 360? The Summer of Arcade? Yes. Those are good games. Limbo, that's that's an all-time classic right there. Classic indie game. They have a a new game coming out somewhat soon that they showed at the E3 stuff. Yeah, I, uh, y'all, I'm gonna, I, I put my foot in my mouth about that one, actually, because I, I was watching it on stream, and I saw the gameplay, and I was like, oh, it's like a walking simulator? Well, I'm immediately not interested. And then I found out it was from those devs, and it's like, okay, well, I did really like Limbo and Inside, so I guess I'm gonna love this game, too. I remember you saying that, and I didn't, I don't think I said anything to you, but I was like, I don't think he knows that this is probably the same dev that did Inside in, uh, in Limbo. Wait, was it, was it the second game Inside? Second game was Inside. Okay. See, I watched Inside yesterday with the Bo Burnham special again, uh, with some friends, so I'm like, wait, okay, hold on. <laughs> is that right? Are those the same names? But, yeah. Yeah, which that was that was very funny in the Bo Burnham special when he's doing like the uh the Twitch streamer bit and the quote game he was playing was also called Inside. Like it doesn't really detract from the bit because Inside is like not like a super well known indie game, but for me it was like, oh well that's already a thing. Yeah. But yeah. no big deal. So, with all that said, uh go spend some money or don't spend some money and get Game Pass. Uh but I think we're gonna move on to yes. our main topic for the podcast. It's uh it's summertime and the living's easy, as they say. So <laughs> I think we wanna talk about some some summertime movies. Yes. You know, this well actually I don't know how many of we we just came up with a list of five of our favorite summertime movies. Is that how we're defining it? Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh I think uh of mine, I probably have well I was trying to determine how many of them of the five on mine could be also quantified as like summer blockbusters. Um I know at least two, maybe three on mine. Not that that means anything, but uh you know. Yeah, so some- I, I hit you up on Discord and I said, "Hey, do you have any ideas for the podcast cuz we're bad podcasters and we don't plan ahead for anything?" Hell yeah. And you suggested summer movies, and I thought that was a really interesting concept because there's that that's kind of a wide net, you know? Yes. Because it's 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 a pretty generic it, it, generic's not the right word, but it, it's a very general idea that like what do you think a summer movie is? Like, is it just a movie 
centered around summer, the idea of summer, it happens at summer, or is it a little bit more abstract and it's just like a movie that encapsulates things that you like about summer? There's a lot of ways you can take it. And I think that summertime is especially interesting because as like as a developing person in our world, the ideas and values of summertime change as you grow older. Like from being a kid and having summer vacation into being an adult and having normal adult vacation, if you're lucky enough to have those days, the things you enjoy about summer have to change with your life. Yeah. That's very interesting you say that because I look at the movies I put on my list and they kind of encapsulate uh, some, most of them encapsulate different times of life and what you would do during summer. So to that point, that's kind of interesting you bringing that up because to one of the things my, my initial thought when I said it or when I suggested the topic was more like, or just, you know, movies that are great to watch during the summer. <laughs> right. And yeah, it could like, be as simple as that. They might not even necessarily be in the summer, which I when you're watching a movie during the summer, it's typically a movie that takes place during the summer. Just I think because it fits and you can get an idea of, oh, yeah, I want to go do this or that with my friends. That's similar or, you know. know. So uh, yeah, certainly I have like certain music that I think fits different times of the year. And it it might not have anything whatsoever to do with that time of year, but it's just music that I associate with that time of year. Ah, Christmas Um, music. Yeah, but, like, I've got (laughs) albums that I think are winter albums that have nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. Gotcha. I'm being an ass. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So not to Freud it up too deeply, but I think, you know, there's a possibility that uh, looking at these lists, we could see like a little facet of what we what we think summer is, what we wish summer could be, and uh, it could be interesting to hear. I, I I I know for sure one movie on your list. I had already guessed it. I've already confirmed it with you. I know it's gonna be there. But yeah. outside of that, I am interested to see what you come up with. How do we want to do this? Cause see, you know, we don't do enough pre-production. Uh, do you want one of us to just go down the line? Or are we gonna go like five to one? Uh, I think we can just go back and forth five to one. Okay, so I will say the the first one. I I guess I'll go first. My first one that would be deemed in the five spot. Uh, for me, is super bad. Okay, as uh, this, I one... I had actually thought about putting super bad on mine, but I didn't remember enough about the movie to confidently put it. I don't actually know. If this one takes place during the summer, because I think they just go to a high school party, I think they're at the end of getting close. It wouldn't be summer because they're still in school when they go to the party. But I feel like it encapsulates a lot of summer shit of like, it's a more modern version of like Dazed and Confused, essentially, where it's teenagers fucking around doing shit, going to a party, getting, doing crazy shit. I don't know if anyone would be, act, like, offended that I compared it, had it made a comparison to Dazed and Confused with Superbad. I don't know, but I think <laughs> there's some similar themes with within those two movies. Granted, you don't have Matthew McConaughey saying that 
that's why he loves high school girls is because he gets older and they stay the same age. There's none of that in Superbad, but, you know. Um, I just think it's a very fun movie to watch around summer. Is the main reason why that one was on there. I, I had thought about uh, flipping or putting a different movie on here, but um, I think one of the things that would put, if I'm going to recommend to anyone movies that are movies for you to watch during the summer i think there has to be a little element of it being a fun movie uh so none of mine are super drama filled ones um mine are but i that's just kind of again to what you were talking about there's a there's fifty thousand different ways you could approach a list of your favorite summer movies for sure and I think if you wanted to go more strictly on the summer style, I think a good analog to Superbad would be Adventureland. Have you ever seen that movie? I think I've seen it once, but it has been a minute. Well, I've always felt like they were very similar style-wise. And if I'm not mistaken, Adventureland does take place more squarely in the summer. So I, I would recommend checking that out if you like Superbad. Okay. Uh, my first one is kind of a cop-out, but... Uh, like you said, blockbusters are also a big part of summer. Uh, and I would be more confident with that connection if not for the fact that this movie came out in April. Uh, but my number five is Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I figured. Because you, it's you, like you. the biggest blockbustery blockbuster of all block blockbuster dumb. And uh, yeah, that's, even though I'm, it, uh, I'm a little disappointed that you resorted <laughs> to putting a Marvel movie. What do you mean resorted to putting a Marvel movie? <laughs> Pick a movie with less death, dude. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, no can do. I think someone dies in every single movie on my list. Damn. Um, <laughs> I, there's a lot of... I say that, and then I'm like, there. okay, there's a lot of death in some of the movies that I picked. Um, but, uh... Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't have anything really to say about Endgame. Just that again, like the the uh, the the summer blockbuster has been synonymous with the movie theater for like forty, fifty years now. And even if this movie didn't get the chance to come out at the summertime, it will be something that represents being at the theater in the summer for me. So nothing about the movie itself, and more just the things that the culture around the movie represents. Okay, I can I can roll with that. Uh, my next one is Stand By Me. Have you seen this movie? I have not, but that is one of those movies that exists enough in the cultural lexicon that I, I get it, I know it, I know about it. I, uh, I told Chris that after I looked at all the movies on my list, um, I feel like I'm channeling James's basic ass taste in literally <laughs> everything. And he's gonna hear that, and I can't wait for the response on Discord. But uh, I I just feel like I went with some just super popular good summer movies. Like Stand by Me's great. It's just you know you're hanging out with the boys on summer in like what they're probably in elementary school, maybe middle school, and mm-hmm. they just say fuck it, let's just go find a dead body, and you're like lit, awesome. It's just boys bonding and growing up. And it's just a stare. It's, I mean, it, it, I'm trying to think of if there's been 
another movie to, a movie to come out that has tried to directly imitate what they do in Stand By Me, and I really don't. I can't think of one. There's, there's, that might mean that there there are movies that do similar things, just not as well. But uh, I mean, essentially the over the the elevator pitch on the plot. If I can remember, it's been a while since I've seen it, but is uh you know, uh somebody is reported to have died in the close to the town, and uh four friends go try and find the body to see what happened, and then it's just them traveling along, or basically like camping out, hiking to try and find this dead body, uh, and them just you know boys shooting the shit on a summer vacation, so. It's very good. I haven't seen it for a while, and I need to. I, since we're talking about summer movies, we'll probably watch it again here soon. But uh, highly recommend it to anyone who has not seen it. Yeah, you might find some kinship with that movie in the Jonah Hill produced mid nineties. Really, I think so. Did you hear about that movie at all? It, yes, it, it did not the, get a lot of publicity. Is that the skateboarding movie? Yes. Yes, I meant to see that, but I, I, the timing didn't work out for me to be able to go actually see it in theaters because it was only at like the arts theater for like a month, maybe. It's not a phenomenal movie. Um, there are some things that's a little predictable and some things I didn't personally like about it, but the vibe is very good and it's got that kind of boy shooting the shit thing you were talking about coming of age um, kind of movie stuff yeah because it's like this group of skaters that are like late high school age and then like your main character is closer to like early middle school elementary school and they just kind of take him in and one of them is shooting videos the whole time for their skateboarder group and it's just them kind of hanging out doing skater things in the 90s it, it's it's a real vibe okay i yeah so i definitely meant to see that I think that's on Amazon Prime, oh, if nice. I'm not mistaken. Um, so there's really no excuse for me to not watch it. <laughs> it's also a very short movie. It's like 90 minutes. Gets in, gets out. I do like that um, you're giving me additional recommendations off of what I'm recommending. I love that. That's <laughs> And then you're saying yours, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the only one I've said was Marvel, so I mean, where are you okay, going to go fair. with that? Okay, fair. You got me. Uh, my number four, though, is uh, definitely the most feel-good on the list and is the only one where somebody doesn't die, I think. Uh, it is, uh, you know, honestly, I don't even think I can name any of these actors at this point, although I think David Spade is in the movie. Uh, but it's the Benchwarmers. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you said David Spade, I'm like, is he about to say the Benchwarmers? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, yeah. I, lo- uh, I was a fan of that movie. The Benchwarmers is, like, I, I, I haven't seen it in so long. I can't say if it's, like, a good comedy because I watched it a lot when I was a kid. But because of that, it's just, it's a very comforting memory. And being a sports movie obviously feels right at home in the summer where it's all about baseball. I remember it being very funny. And I remember watching it a lot. And just the idea of the movie is very comfy to me. And I feel like I should go back on a rewatch. Uh, what uh, what do you think its score is on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, probably like 60. Oh, Chris. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Chris. Remember when we... <laughs> is it bad? 
it's really really <laughs> bad remember when we uh did our little we did this in our discord where we posted our our movie three by threes in our discord and then we went through each person's and saw what the tomato rotten tomato score was uh-huh. uh the the lowest score i had was for four christmases uh, and I'm pretty sure the bench warmer at bench warmers is lower than that. It is oh my god, thirteen percent on Rotten 13? Tomatoes. Thirteen. The audience score is at least a respectable sixty-four, but the okay. tomato meter was thirteen. Look, f- fuck, fuck anybody trying to rate a comedy. That it's impossible. You can't do it. Uh, I I don't actually like like I well, I remember I can remember all the issues a critic would have with that. Because um, some of the stereotypes of some of those characters are kind of fucking weird. And there's no way it holds up. Like, we'd watch it now and be like, oh, fuck, that's a yike. That's a yikes. That's a yikes. I 100% believe you. Like, I mean, David Spade's brother was the f- guy who didn't, was like, had probably some sort of mental condition, but was terrified of the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Like, you remember that? I do. Yeah. That 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 is not gonna age well. <laughs> but well, I respect the idea that of the movie is very comfy. I mean, I liked it. Granted, you know, I was like twelve when it came out, but I was a big fan. Yeah. All right. So your number three. My number three. Uh, the most stereotypical answer pick. Uh, probably that you could do is Jaws. Okay, yeah, that's pretty just pretty because, and I mean, I it's Jaws. If you haven't seen it, just go see the damn movie. Uh, <laughs> I I don't even really know how much time to like spend on it, just because it is the to me, it is the summer movie. If you're talking about a summer movie, it's still Jaws. I don't think anything. If there was like a tier list or a true ranking of the best summer movies. I don't know what has dethroned it. Now, granted, I you could make the argument that some parts of the movie might not hold up. Like, I'm pretty sure the shark looks like absolute shit now. Like, <laughs> but it's still just a great summer movie. And actually, I always think it's way longer than I think it should be. How long is it? Give me one second on that. Yeah, and Jaws is, it, is kind of the other side of the coin from Endgame, where Jaws is like your classic summer blockbuster. Possibly the movie that birthed the idea of the summer blockbuster in general. So whereas like Endgame is the new age biggest movie of all time, wouldn't be wouldn't be the same without Jaws. And Jaws at least has uh, the uh the benefit of also being a summer movie. Doesn't the movie take place in Hawaii? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't know where I got that then. I haven't actually seen Jaws. Oh my god. Come on. It's great. You should watch it. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I see it's over two hours. It, Good it was god. an hour 45. When did that perfect. movie come out? Um, 19, no. Uh, when did it come out? 1975. That's what I thought, and it was over two hours? Yep. Wow. The last boat scene uh, is a lot more of the movie than I always remember it being. Because <laughs> they're on that boat for a long time. 
But yeah, Jaws, great. It's cla- it's classic. I can't believe you haven't seen it. I I haven't seen a lot. <sighs> I I'm a I'm a fraud and uh, a liar and a thief. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number three, I, I was a little weary of putting on here because it is such a recent movie, but, you know, we're not talking about the best. I don't need to let this gestate to give a recommend on it. It's the uh, Andy Samberg Hulu comedy, uh, rom-com, in fact, Palm Springs. Really? I, I love that you put that on there. Which I believe was nominated for a couple Oscars, actually, which was um... why it got put on my radar. It might have been some technical awards. Could have been. Uh, I'm a big fan of Andy Samberg. I, I love his work. I love him as an actor. I love his writing. All the way from The Lonely Island to Brooklyn Nine-Nine to Palm Springs. I never really consider myself a rom-com guy, but the setup for Palm Springs and what Samberg brings to the movie really got me to look past it. And I think rom-coms more than any other genre lend themselves really really well to being summertime movies Um, but if you're unaware like without going too deep on spoilers for the movie because it it is new and very good and you should give it a watch it's like groundhog day like it's it's literally andy samberg is stuck in the same time loop as bill murray in groundhog day Uh, whenever he dies he wakes back up uh, whenever he hits a certain point in the day, like whenever he goes to sleep, then he'll wake back up at the same morning. Uh, but it's basically what happens if somebody else gets stuck in that loop with him and how they get to know each other in that process, how they both deal with trying to get out of the loop. Uh, or in Sandberg's case, how he just lives with it because he's given up and doesn't want to get out. Uh, very funny, very touching. Uh, even if you're not a big rom-com fan, I would, I would recommend it. And it is on Hulu. It is a Hulu original. I'd heard really good things. I, I, I've meant to watch it. I have not watched it yet, but I heard really good things about it last year because it came out, didn't it come out right before the pandemic shutdowns happened? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's been on my radar, but yeah, I, that's, that's cool that you actually, you like it enough to put it on your recommendation list, because I will definitely uh, try to watch that one sooner rather than later. For sure. So what's your number two? Number two, possibly before Endgame, one of the greatest summer blockbusters of all time. And it's very timely, given that yesterday was the 4th of July, but Independence Day. Okay, for some reason, I really thought you were about to say Avatar, and I was going to storm out of my room and beat you over the head with your own mic. No, fuck that blue shit. I'm talking about them fucking aliens. Well, okay. N- n- okay, that was a poor choice of words. I'm talking about Will Smith <laughs> blowing up aliens. That that kind of fucking badass shit. Uh, I have... I will spare you any uh deep dive on it as I in the process of listening to the ringers rewatchable of independence day that actually came out yesterday. Um, that is not why I put it on here. Now, granted, did that remind me about how fucking awesome this movie is? Yes. Yes. It's great. One of the greatest presidents in a movie ever, (laughs) but also like Jeff Goldblum's in this movie and Will Smith. And it's like, yo, you know, I love me some Jeffy G. 
He basically... Now, here's here's something I st I'm stealing from the Rewatchables, but they're like, yeah, he basically plays the exact same character he did in Jurassic Park. And they went, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, he, that's kind of true. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Independence Day's great. Uh, it's always... It used to always be on, like, TNT or some shit every year on the 4th of July. They just rerun it all day. Yep. Um... So I watched this movie a shit ton uh, growing up from doing that. But also, it's just, it's an entertaining as hell movie um, and a great summer watch. I actually don't know if I've just been like, hey, it's like, you know, late July, early August. Let's watch Independence Day. I kind of only ever watch it around the 4th of July. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you have not seen it, interesting. Change that. But it's great. Can I, uh, can I say as a quick aside, I'm, I, I can't say that I currently am sick of it because I haven't watched TV in almost a decade now, but I'm <laughs> generally fucking sick of TV networks playing a single movie for 24 hours because Cartoon Network ruined the Iron Giant for me by doing that like four times a year. Every single Christmas, I had to deal with my dad wanting to only watch a Christmas story five fucking times because, like, I don't know, fucking A&E or something would play a Christmas story all day. And I could tell me TNT would have played Independence Day all day. I, I hate it. You play it, like, three times on a loop. Make sure people get their watch in. And then just go back to your fucking programming. Yeah, but that's just the thing, though, is no one's watching anything on those days anyway. So why not just have that on? Look, clearly somebody was. I just wanted to watch fucking Powerpuff Girls and Cartoon Network's gotta be like, sorry, kid, I, I, Brad Bird's gotta show you his automaton. And it's like, motherfucker, where's Goku? <laughs> yeah, that's weird with Cartoon Network doing that. Um, I get, like, on Independence Day and on Christmas, you play the two movies with those names. That just is, That just feels right. But uh, I think I, I remember Cartoon Network doing that once. I think that's how I originally taped the movie at one time. <laughs> oh, hey, you, you, you steal that movie? All the time, baby. Did you download the Iron Giant? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. VHS is recording movies on TV all the time. Everybody uh, did it. Speaking of old tech, my number two movie, uh, and probably the heaviest movie on either of our lists, Born on is... the 4th of July. No, no. <laughs> uh, the Spike Lee classic, Do the Right Thing. See, which um, is, uh, I, uh, that was in my fifth spot, but then I was like, one, I already know you're going to put that on your list, <laughs> and two, I wanted a more uplifting movie. That's fair. Uh, I love that you knew that was going to be here. Did you expect it so high? Um, I didn't know where it would be. I just was very... I was pretty confident you would have had that on yours. Okay. Because so, you have talked about it with, at least with me or adjacent to me before. And I was like, I know you're a huge fan of it. Yeah. So it's a movie about uh, a pizza delivery boy in, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, a mixed black and Italian block in New York City, where he is a black kid doing pizza delivery for a pizza shop owned by Italians in the neighborhood. Uh, and it's basically about like a single day in the middle of summer uh, where he, and, and like, because it's New York, I think it's New York. 
and yeah. it's I mean at the very least it's a big city. Um, you know he he walks the pizzas everywhere. He doesn't have a car. I don't think he even has a bike. He just walks the pizzas places. So it's like it's an examination of a bunch of characters that exist in this block, and there is like the the actual plot is essentially like rising racial tensions between the two until it erupts in like a fucking riot at the end. Uh, and I, I, I actually saw this movie for the first time as part of a sociology class in college. Uh, and I'm not going to try to explain the things we took from that movie for the sake of that class. Cause that was like five years ago and I'd probably butcher it at this point. Um, and I don't want to come off as insensitive, uh, but it was very, it, I love movies about people. And it's uh, like Spike Lee has such good writing and he does characters so well that it's uh, it's it's almost Tarantino-esque in the enjoyability of the way the characters speak to each other and the ways that their, I mean, literally their words are said and come across. And uh, it's something that I can't recommend enough that, uh, you know, it's it's just like things happen. It's it's a day in the life. And I love movies like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Outside of a summer movie, it's just a great movie to watch if you have not seen it. And yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I can't not rec- recommend it enough because it's it's just a great movie. So I guess going on to my number one. Yeah, go ahead. Which, I mean, you already know. This is one of my favorite movies of just all time. But mine is Chef. Uh, I believe I've talked about it here already. But it's just a great feel good movie um the, it's a movie about food so i already love it and it just it's not this is probably the least blockbustery of them all cuz it's not a really big budget movie um but every person who i've recommended it to ha- has and loves it or at least they tell me they do cuz they're probably too scared to tell me otherwise if they didn't um but Big fan uh, of John Favreau. Just, just based, we've gushed about John Favreau too, but you know, go watch it if you have a chance. It's on Netflix, so you can watch it. Uh, and it's just a really fun movie to just, even if you're not sitting down and just paying attention to it. It's a, it's I I kind of put it in a rewatch the a rewatchable category in that like if if it was ever on TV, which I don't know how often it is. If I ever came around, like saw that was on, it'd be one of those movies where I just I probably have to watch it to the end wherever I jump in at. Yeah, and I think actually I agree. Uh, we did an episode a while ago that was movies that we think not enough people have seen, and you had Chef on that list. And like the next day, I took that recommendation and I watched the movie. And it's funny what you said about do the right thing because I was actually about to put Chef as my number five. But I oh, knew yeah. that you were going to have it, and so I didn't. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but I was thinking about it in the car. I was actually just coming back from doing grocery shopping to uh, cook my dinner tonight, and I was like, damn, Chef is a really good summer movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. It's it, especially if you're a dad, oh, it's got everything. Road trip <laughs> with your kid, cooking with them. Putting cornstarch on your nut sacks when you're driving between cities, like your best it's bro all. dropping his fucking job to come support you. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. having one of the best just appearances in a movie he's ever had. 
because he just plays a creepy ass motherfucker. I love it. <laughs> oh. Sophia Vergara's in it, so you know, she's hot. Like, it's got everything. Good movie, real good movie. Uh my number one is another day in the life movie. Uh with really strong dialogue, really good acting. That you're just going from tableau to tableau, examining characters, because that's my kind of shit. Can you guess what it is? I'm going to guess wrong, but just say it. It's Clerks. Oh, okay. I would not have guessed that, but... I did... Oh, yeah, I knew you were a big fan. Okay, that's that's on me for not figuring that one out. <laughs> it's all right. I love... Uh, I... All right, I got, I got a mixed bag on Kevin Smith. I want to love Kevin Smith. Sometimes I love Kevin Smith. I think he was at his strongest when he was writing Clerks, and it's, uh, while not a movie that I think predominantly takes place in summertime, like, I think you could say anywhere from spring to fall it could take place, but it's got that kind of vibe of a sleepy summer day, even though it's about working a job, and in fact, like, the entire situation is predicated on the idea that the main character wasn't even supposed to work that day. So it should have been a day off and he had to come in. So he's doing his job. He's not allowed to have fun on this day, but he just finds ways to cope in his normal life. And uh, sometimes that just kind of feels like that's where we are now, where we're just past the transitionary phase where summertime always meant freedom and fun and now we're uh, we're in the sleepy days where we're just making do with the time we have with the people around us and uh while the movie is not like super funny or that dreary it's got pieces of it all around and it's a beautiful examination of the uh you know the modern working man i feel like okay i i have not seen it and so, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. Because I actually don't, I'm not in on that, uh, that area of film, as you have so eloquently just described. But what, what area of film are you referring to? Kevin Smith stuff. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's totally or, fair. Or, or Kevin Smith adjacent stuff, like, that, I feel like most of his stuff has a vibe, and... Sure. A lot of different movies. vibes. Yeah. Um... But that, yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, watching Clerks to watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back to watching Tusk, wildly different movies. I yes, I, but, Braden was a a big Kevin Smith fan, so I think he's watched all of those and was like, "Yeah, dude, some of that shit's crazy." I'm like, "Oh," <laughs> but I, yeah, especially I, I, in the uh, the kind of dry dialogue he writes, you can find the through thread there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I, that's actually a pretty good timing to round it out for the show. Uh, yes. I will say, I think it's interesting that none of us had a John Hughes movie on our list. Yeah, I was thinking, like, I mean, A, it would have been real stereotypical to put, like, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller on here. But then uh, I just haven't actually seen a whole lot of John Hughes movies. He's got, I feel like he's just got a shitload. I mean, I mean he's I the haven't king seen... of summer, right? Yeah, I, I, but like even Ferris Bueller and Ferris Bueller's not over summer, right? right. Yeah, I guess like he's ditching he's school, school, so kind of like super bad. Yeah, but it's like a summer vibey movie. And then yeah. I another honorable mention that I had mentioned would be Dazed and Confused for me. 
uh, I I've only seen it once and it's been a minute, but um, uh, very. I don't know how well it holds up because I haven't seen that movie <laughs> for a couple of years. As I mentioned with the uh, one of the lines that Matthew McConaughey has in that movie, um, but it is a it was a good summer movie. <laughs> May still be. Don't know. Nice. We'll have nice to get back to you on comment. that. Yeah. Save my ass. No hot takes this time. <laughs> All right, well, I think that will do it for this episode then. Hopefully you take some of these movies or some of these game recommendations and uh, you have a good time as we go to the summer that I'm sure in a lot of places is going to clock as the hottest ever. It already is. Where The, the world is melting. There's that sick-ass video online of the ocean on fire and enjoy, enjoy your days because, you know, who knows how many more we have. How, how pessimistic is that for an ending? <laughs> You know what's uh, you know what's a good genre of music for the summer? Bo Burnham. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say ska. Uh, oh yes, yeah. okay. But Jackson gives me shit for liking ska. Uh, there's a real big fish album that I actually own on vinyl called "Life Sucks, Let's Dance." Hell yeah! And uh, I think that's where we are now. Yep. I'm so, about it. If you like hearing me talk about movies, I am launching a new podcast that is going to run for at least a 12-episode season, and then we'll see how it goes. It's called Connect the Actors, and you can find it uploaded tomorrow if you're listening to this the day this comes out. Uh, I'm hoping to drop episodes every Wednesday, so tomorrow we'll drop our first two episodes as a prologue and then our first official episode. Uh, you can get the gist of what the gimmick on the show is there, but our prologue is... Uh, another 3x3 three three episode that I do with my friends James and Jackson. Hayden is not involved. So if you like the sound of my voice, then you can go over there and find us at Connect the Actors, uh, where we're just going to be talking about movies all the time, doing some deep dives on singular movies instead of casting a wide net like we do here. Otherwise, uh, check us out on Twitter at Obsession underscore pod. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review. And if you are listening literally anywhere else, please tell a friend and uh, give us a listen over at Connect the Actors. So that'll do it this week. Hayden, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.